astray. Welcome to another bonus episode of Villains. This week I'm answering questions that you all sent over about the Regina George episode that was released a few days ago. The first time we did this, which was last Tuesday, we had email questions and voicemail questions. This time we picked only the voicemail questions because it makes me feel more like I'm talking to actual people and less like I'm sitting in an office by myself talking into a microphone like an idiot. Let's get started. Hey, Shay, this is Juan from New York. I just wanted to know which plastic member would you most likely date in high school? So who would high school Shay date, and why is it Gretchen Wieners? All right, I hang up the phone and the send on the air. Oh, shit. We got a Juan calling in. This might be the first time in history that a Juan has ever called into a podcast to ask a question. It's definitely the first time in history that a Juan has ever called into a podcast to talk about Mean Girls. We should fucking celebrate. Kara, can you do a sound effect here that's like a bunch of applause or like fireworks going off or something? <laughs> Juan, listen. There's no way that any of the plastics would have ever dated me in high school. It's hard for me to explain to you exactly how dorky I was during that time of my life. I had a gigantic head. I had a tiny body. I had teeth that looked like they were in the middle of a fucking neighborhood street fight. (laughs) It was a tough time for your boy, Juan. I could have never gotten a plastic. There's just no way. If I really squint, though, Juan, like if you and me are hanging out, and I'm allowing myself to lie a little bit. I would maybe say I could have gotten Karen to go out on a date with me once or twice. That's only though, the only reason is because she had the lowest standards of all the three. In this make-believe world where you and I are hanging out and just telling lies to each other, maybe, maybe I could have gotten a date with the girl who was willing to make out with her own cousin. Next question. Hey, Shay. Uh, My question for you is, if uh, the amazing Kevin Napoor, played by uh, Rajir Surenda, were to dedicate a rap song to Regina George and all of her uh, malignant toxicity, uh, what would you, author of the uh, indelibly great rap yearbook, think that song would be much love thanks bye okay there are only two reasons that a person dedicates a rap song to another person it's either a i like you a great deal or b i dislike you a great deal it's always a version of one of those two things and that's why answering this question is a little bit tricky when we're coming at it from a kevin angle because first of all kevin isn't attracted to regina he has a line in the movie where he explains he only dates women of color and Regina George is not that, so automatically, boom, that option is out of there. Second of all, he's one of the few people in the movie who is unaffected by anything that Regina George does. He's got his own stuff going on that's taking up all of his time and all of his attention. He doesn't have that extra bandwidth to devote to her like mostly everybody else in the movie seems to. I mean, he's in charge of the mathletes. The mathletes go on to win a state championship at the end of the year. He's devoted to them. He's a performing rapper. He's very clearly a confident guy who, were I to guess, assumes himself to be somewhere near the top or at the top of the social hierarchy in high school already. So I can't talk myself into believing that he would dislike Regina because I can't talk myself into believing that he needs anything from her. 
So we are losing out on those two reasons that a person would dedicate a song to another person. However, just because it's fun, we can look at both of those sides if you want. If it turns out that he actually does hate Regina, let's say, let's say that he is heard that she's going around telling everybody that joining the mathletes is social suicide. That's the phrase she uses when she's talking to Katie about it in the mall. Let's say he hears that. He gets very offended. He's like, you know what? Fuck Regina George. This next talent show, I'm going in. I'm going in on Regina for the next talent show. He comes out. He's like, Regina, this is dedicated to you. The music starts playing. He's going to play a song. He's going to perform a song that's very aggressive, that's very intense, that's very disrespectful, that's very upfront. You know what he's going to perform? He's going to perform a song called I Hate You, Bitch. I Hate You, Bitch came out in 2010-ish. He's a rapper in Houston. He's very regionally famous, named Zero. He had that song come out. It's very melodic. It's sort of sing-songy. He's going to do something like that because we already know that Kevin G does not have a problem saying how he feels. His original talent show performance, he was talking about having sex with a girl on the bathroom floor. He was in a good mood that day, and that's what he chose to rap about. So if he's in a bad mood, he's fucking coming for throats. If it turns out that he's in love with Regina, let's say for some reason he's courting her. He has this two-week period where he's like, you know what? Let me see what these white women are talking about over here. <laughs> if, if that's the case, then an easy pick would be something like 50 Cent's 21 Questions. That song came out around 2003, which is the year before Mean Girls. Uh, it was a really popular song. It was like it's a very high schooly, very collegey sort of love rap song. He would definitely know about that song. He might lean on something like that, maybe. Or, you know what? I'm gonna change my mind there. I think we know enough about Kevin G to assume that he would not pick that. He would do something a little more sophisticated, a little more nuanced. He would want to impress Regina with his rap acumen he would probably reach back a bit further. He would go with something like 1995's You're All I Need by Mary J. Blige and Method Man. You remember this song? It's really, it was fucking good. Like he would probably go with that song. Or if we, again, if we consider his prior talent show performance that we saw, which was a little bit lewd, he may go with something a little more sexually aggressive. He might go with something like DMX's How's It Going Down. DMX was like, I'm politicking with this chicken when the rent if I'm a creeper. The hood rep from 25th, named Tamika, coming through. Like I do, you know, getting my walker. Knew she was a. He would probably go. That My guess is he's going to go with one of those songs there. He's going to go with 1995, You're All I Need by Mary J. Blige and Method Man. Maybe 50 cents, 21 questions. If he hates her, then zeros, I hate you, bitch. Let's move on. Next question. Hi, Shay. Um, my question about Regina George is kind of twofold. So for me, I was a teen girl when Mean Girls came out. And what always struck me about Regina was that the ways in which she is evil are very realistic. Um, and if you need evidence of that, um, all the girls in my class in high school got together and we apologized to each other for how absolutely cruel we were to each other in middle school. So that kind of like manipulation and cunning that she has 
feels very realistic and evil. So the two parts to my question are, as someone who's kind of on the outside of those groups of worlds, uh, does that read in the same kind of way, that kind of realistic evilness? And does that make teen girls kind of better villains in high school movies? Because guys always seem to be written as, like, generic bullies, whereas girls have this kind of just cunningness to them that makes them kind of deeper characters. I'd love your read on that. Love the show. Thanks. I'm right in line with you here. When you're talking critically about movie villains or when you're thinking critically about movie villains, it's easy to disregard Regina George. It's easy to be like, no, she could have never kept up with a Hannibal Lecter or with a Hans Gruber or whatever. But Regina is a wonderful movie character. That's why we did an entire episode on her. She's this smart, complicated creation. She's really well written. She's totally fleshed out. You watch Mean Girls and you go, oh, okay, I get it. I know exactly who Regina George is and exactly what kind of threat she poses. And that's really what you're looking for in a villain. She's a person who could reasonably exist in the world and a person who in all likelihood definitely does exist somewhere in the world. And that's why she's so terrifying. She's a wonderful, wonderful villain. And that gets to your second point. Yes, I think teen girls are in all likelihood better movie villains than teen boys. The first person you think of whenever you think about a male teenage movie villain is probably Johnny Lawrence from The Karate Kid. Like, he's the guy who comes up. When I posted on Twitter, hey, I'm doing movie villains, who should we do? Or I posted something like that. And I got a thousand tweets about Johnny Lawrence from Karate Kid. And rightfully so, Johnny Lawrence is this iconic figure. But Johnny Lawrence could really only destroy you in one way, by beating you up. That's it. That's all that it was. After you fucking learned the crane kick, you were good. Johnny Lawrence was no longer a threat. Regina, Regina crushes people in so many different ways. There's there's almost no way to stop her except you have to fucking hit her with a bus. <laughs> I'm with you on this. I agree with you. Next question. Hey there, Shay. Love the show. Listen. So we never meet Regina's father in the movie. And I choose to believe that Mean Girls exists within the same movie universe as the great American film Taken, and that Brian Mills is actually Regina's father from a previous marriage or a one-night stand with Regina's mom because, obviously, he does not have the best taste in women. So my question to you is, how is the movie Taken different if Regina is the daughter that is kidnapped, right? Like, is the phone call to the Albanians, are they just like, hey, we're going to send her back Amazon Prime style, actually, because she's the worst? Uh, does Brian, like, not look as hard? Does he do most of his Europe searching via FaceTime? I'm curious just because I know you're an expert on both films, and I would love to know your answer. Thank you so much. So to recap, what you're doing here is you are saying Brian Mills, Liam Neeson's character from Taken, is Regina George's real-life father. Regina George is the one who goes over to Europe and gets kidnapped by the Albanians instead of Kim. So Kim, in this setup is Regina's stepsister. Regina gets kidnapped. How does Taken look after that? Part of me wants to give a jokey answer. Like, ha ha, Regina's so bad. The Albanians don't even want her. But I'm going to give you a serious answer here. Because one of the things that happens in Taken with Kim is when they kidnap her, they realize she's a virgin. So they send her to that very expensive sex slave auction place 
that can't happen with Regina. Regina, in all likelihood, is not a virgin. And I'm assuming this because there's a part where she is making out with Shane and Shane is in his underwear. This is happening at a high school. They're in like an auditorium, like a sound booth or something like that. But if they're making out at a high school and she's got this guy down to his underwear, I have to assume they were headed toward having sex. You don't take off your clothes to make out. You certainly don't take off your clothes to make out in a high school. That's a very advanced move. That's a very we've had sex a bunch of times already move. So probably Taken looks looks a little bit grimier. Remember the scene in Taken when he shows up to that first place where they've got all of the women all drugged up? It's like a prostitute house, basically, like a factory. That's probably where poor Regina ends up getting sent. That's where Brian finds her. Hopefully not dead like he found the other one. This question and answer session turned real dark real fast. Let's do another question. Hey, Shay, it's Caitlin from Denton. My question is, how would you react if one of the twins or the baby became the Aaron Samuels to a Regina George when they're older? And more importantly, how would the goat react? Um, thanks so much for the podcast. It's awesome. The footnotes are awesome. And I'm really excited to hear more of it. Thanks. I would feel good if one of my sons became the Aaron Samuels to a Regina George. Regina George is the most popular girl in school. If she was a person who chose one of my children to be her partner, that would make me feel like I did at least something right. Or if nothing else, they were at least handsome, which is usually all you need to like make a decent life for yourself in the world. Also, I would be proud because they are continuing the legacy of dating mean girls. I married the original Regina George. Not true. She's sitting right here with me because you asked for her answer. So I wanted to see what she would think. Laramie, how do you feel if one of your sons ends up growing up and becoming the new Aaron Samuels? <laughs> I feel like I would break Regina George's legs. No. You, yeah. No, 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 no. You can't say you're going to break a child's legs on a podcast. You're not allowed to say that. So give me another answer. I said what I said and I meant it. Thank you. Okay. You're no longer invited to participate in the question and answer segments of the podcast. Next question. Hi, Shay. Uh, I wanted to ask, when they have a big school assembly in Mean Girls, uh, they ask if you've ever been victimized by Regina George. Please raise your hand. And Principal Duval raises his hand. What do you think Regina George did to Principal Duval that made him feel victimized? Love the podcast. Bye. You know what it was? This is a dark horse theory here. I think she's the one who broke his hand. He says he had carpal tunnel. That's why he's wearing the cast. I don't figure that was it. I think Regina George broke his arm. I don't know how she did it, but I'm sure that she did it, and I'm sure that she laughed about it. And even if she wasn't the one who like literally broke his arm, maybe she was there. Maybe they were all at the mall. He was sitting at the water fountain. He slipped, he fell back, he banged it on the ledge, it broke, and she laughed and maybe took a picture and sent it to everybody. Probably something like that. It's probably it's probably a thing that's worse than we are anticipating. So I would go with that. I think Dark Horse Theory, she's the one who broke his arm. Next question. Hey, Shay. This is Cameron from Maryland. My question was, 
if Tina Fey was in an alternate universe and would wrote a script for the movie Mean Boys, what mid-2000 actors would play the four classics? We already got that movie. We already got Mean Boys. It came out a few years before Mean Girls. It was called Fight Club. That's <laughs> that's that's Mean Boys right there. If we're just doing a straight-up gender swap reboot of Mean Girls, but Mean Boys set around the same time, I think I think my cast for that has to be give me Josh Hartnett. Give me a young Josh Hartnett as Regina. We need somebody who's handsome and and slightly intimidating. We probably want a taller guy. He's nice and tall. He's got a nice build to him. Give me Josh Hartnett as Regina. Give me Jay Hernandez as Gretchen. Second in command, of course. Give me Freddie Prinze Jr. as Karen. I feel like Freddie Prinze could do a really good job of playing a ditz. And for Katie, I'm going to throw a curveball here. I'm going to throw Usher. I want a young Usher playing Katie. I feel like he could pull it off. He had a sneaky, strong list of like cameo roles in movies. He was already in a movie with Josh Hartnett. He was in The Faculty. He was already in a movie with Freddie Prinze Jr. He was the DJ, if I'm not mistaken, and she's all that. I think that works. You probably could swap out any of those people. Oh, never mind. I changed my mind. Josh Hartnett just got cut from the movie. He wasn't holding his weight. I'm replacing him with Paul Walker. Give me Paul Walker, early 2000s. And he's fucking, he's going to kill. He's going to kill as Regina. I want to see, I want to see bad guy Paul Walker. That's what I want. We've seen like, we've seen sweet Paul Walker. We've seen earnest Paul Walker. We've seen kind of a little bit grimy Paul Walker. I want bad guy Paul Walker as Regina George. Boom. That's a, that's a cast right there. Call Hollywood. Let them know we're remaking this in 2004. Let them know we're about to bust the market open. We're making 65000 the first week. <laughs> yeah. Next question. Hi, Shay. My name is Joanna, and I want to know, if you follow the take that Katie is the real villain in Mean Girls, what is her most villainous moment? Is it, for example, neglecting her true friends to pursue popularity, or is it her horrible dismissal of her parents' concern for what's going on in her new life? Obviously, there's more to choose from than these two moments, so do your thing. Thanks. That was one of the questions we posed on the podcast, is Katie the villain in Mean Girls? There's definitely an argument to be made there. If we're just looking at what's her most villainous moment, I think it has to be the calteen bars that she was giving Regina. Regina was just trying to get fit and get ready for the dance, and Katie is fattening her up like a like a pig ready for the slaughter, which is, in a sense, what she was walking her towards. Anyway, it's got to be that. Anytime you're messing with another person's body, be it physical or mental, that's that's a tough spot. That's a tough thing to do to somebody. It's probably that. I'm going to go with the Calteen bars. Next question. Shay, this is Chris Hawley from Cleveland, Ohio. Big fan. Love the episode. My question and comment to you is, shouldn't Regina's treatment of Janice Ian be her worst behavior, or at least included on the list? Regina admits that she and Janice were best friends when they were in like eighth or ninth grade. 
And when Janice gets a little bit jealous of her, she goes all homophobic, spreads the rumor that she's a lesbian, traumatizes Janice, she has to drop out of school for an entire year. I like to think of this as Regina's first blood moment, where she kind of takes her first step into being a villain, loves it, becomes the horrible person that we know today. And it sets up the whole movie. There would never be Katie Heron getting thrown into the plastics by Janice if Janice was never wronged by Regina. So I think that's Regina George's worst behavior. Chris, that's a really, that's a really great call. I think I agree with you on all points there. I love the idea of that being, as you called it, her first blood moment, like getting just a little taste of how easy it is to manipulate everybody and lean things in your favor. That's, ooh, that's a great, that's great. Yeah, you're right. You're right. From now on, Chris Holly from Cleveland, Ohio is the new host of Villains. He'll be taking over from this week forward. Congratulations, Chris. Way to go. Next question. Hey, Shay, this is Nico, big fan of yours. Hey, my question involves both episodes of your podcast, Regina George and Hannibal Lecter, and is this. Who would be more successful in the other person's role? Would Regina George be a more successful serial killer than Hannibal would be as the leader of a high school clique? Or would Hannibal be a more successful leader of a high school clique than Regina would be as a serial killer? Thanks, man. Keep up the great work. You know what? At first, I was thinking that Hannibal would do okay in high school especially with regards to being a part of the plastics. Same as Regina, he's very manipulative. He's very good at tossing insults to people. He's very good at projecting this sort of unbreakable confidence. All of those are key traits. Like you've got to be able to sit in that cafeteria in the middle of the most dangerous part of your high school. You've got to be able to sit there and stare down anybody who comes across your table. That's just what you have to be able to do when you're in the plastics. And so in my head, I was thinking, oh yeah, of course Hannibal would be able to do that. But the more I think about it, the more things, the more things start to unravel. He's a little too intense. He's a little too weird. He's a little too serious is what he is. He'd be in the cafeteria trying to needle people. He'd be in there like, your accent, pure West Virginia or whatever, <laughs> or whatever. And they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why is your hairline receding? Aren't you supposed to be in the 11th grade? They would just shred him to pieces, I feel like. It'd be a wrap for Hannibal after two weeks of high school. He would go out the way Miggs went out in Silence of the Lambs. It would be bad. Regina, however, Regina would be just fine as a serial killer. That's definitely in her wheelhouse. Next question. Hey, Shay. Uh, Troy from Texas here. So the, mean, so the high school in Mean Girls is in Evanston, Illinois. I grew up in Corpus Christi in South Texas. So my question is, how does this movie play out if this takes place in a predominantly Hispanic Latino high school? Thanks. Love the pod and go Spurs. <laughs> Yo, if Mean Girls was with a bunch of Latinas instead of these young white women, that <laughs> that's a whole different movie, bro. That's... You know that is that's me Vida Loca from 1995. Did you see this movie with Sad Girl and Mouse? <laughs> Fucking Sad Girl and Mousy. That's what Mean Girls is with Mexicans. You know what Mexicans really love? I'm gonna tell you what Mexicans really love. We really love stabbing. <laughs> we really love it. It goes like this: first place for Mexicans, we love Selena. Second place, the Virgin Mary. <laughs> 
<laughs> Selena finishes above the Virgin Mary because Selena has bangers and the Virgin Mary <laughs> does not have. <laughs> this is so stupid. First place is Selena. Second place is the Virgin Mary. Third place, we love beans. And fourth place. <laughs> Third place, we love beans. And fourth place is stabbing. That's our. <laughs> that's our top. That's our top four. If we're doing Mexican Mean Girls, if we're doing Mexican Mean Girls, we have that scene where Katie asks Regina to go talk to Aaron Samuels for her at the party. Mexican Katie's like, hey, can you go talk to this guy? Mexican Regina's like, all right, I got you. She goes over there. She kisses Mexican Aaron. And then Mexican Katie is like, oh, for real? Like, <laughs> it's a fucking, it, it's a shank. That's what... <laughs> This is the dumbest thing. This is this is this seems like a good part. We should end on racism. We're gonna end this bonus Q and A on racism. <laughs> That's the last question I've got for you today. Keep listening to the show. And I'll see you on Thursday for another full-length episode of Villains. We're doing Killmonger this week. I'm very excited for y'all to hear it. <laughs>